Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Joined now by a person that I grew up listening to. And again, that's not an age joke right there. The great Jody Ayler, host of The Drive on 610 AM on Fox Sports 910 Phoenix and an all-time undefeated Seinfeld scene guy. All right, I like that, Jody. Yeah, but we want to do some Seinfeld trivia. It probably makes more sense than the trivia going on with the conferences. By the way, did you pick out the Michael Crow picture that led this podcast off? Very unflattering picture of Mr. Crow. I did not pick it out, but you know what? Some Maybe some people with some ASU degrees, though, did, because <laughs> I'm not sure Michael Crow's exactly loved right now by ASU folks, but we'll get to that. But first, uh, Jody, first of all, great to have you on. Um, everybody, uh, people, a lot of big t- uh, 12 people on here right now. Jody was the uh, drive time host at the uh, in Tucson, grew up listening to him, a happy hour with Jody Ayler, and then in Phoenix right now doing his thing, making Tucson proud. But Jody, I'll be honest, when I wake up this morning, I was confused because everything I'd been hearing for, you know, behind the scenes was – this is done. Don't worry about it. I get a bunch of text messages. Um, this was negotiation at its finest through the media with Oregon and Washington, and they got it done. Yeah, I thought about you this morning. as I, I was on air in real time, and I'm like, oh, man, if this all flips and it's just one giant like right. uh, change and, and magic rabbit out of the hat, I'm like, there's a lot of people that are going to be caught uh, off guard by this because for, sure. for so long the – the pervasive opinion was this is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And to your point, we see this all the time in like professional sports when there's a coaching or even college sports. Like how many times has uh, an Arizona or ASU been used as leverage to get more money or a bigger raise from right. a, another school or their home school? And it f- feels like that's exactly what Oregon and Washington did. They took the temperature yesterday, didn't like the numbers, complained about the travel costs, right. threatened to go back to the table with the Pac-12 and do a grain of rights deal. And then at the last minute, they came back and said, actually, we we do like the Big Ten. Well, Jody, and the thing about this, too, is this is all about stability going forward right here. I mean, there's going to be another realignment that's going to drop at some point here. But if you're Oregon and you're Washington, and we'll get to Arizona and obviously ASU here in a second, why wouldn't you take something at $40 million just to have the guarantee of being in the Big Ten? You're not going to go anywhere. And that loops you in, obviously, with that next round of negotiations. To me, it makes perfect sense for both schools. Let me ask you this, because I've, I've talked a lot about this. I think the, the answer is obvious, but I'm just curious anyways. If Arizona and ASU were being courted by the Big Ten, how, how would that change the dynamic for you? Would you be more enthusiastic about it? Would you be less, do you like the idea of the Big 12 more? Like, the Big Ten to me is 
they get who they want, and it's right. just because they don't view ASU or U of A worthy that they're not in the Big Ten. But if the Big Ten came knocking, I would absolutely jump to that line. You do it. You know what's weird about the Big Ten is that you hear the term all the time, power institutions from the academic elite types. And the Big Ten is viewed as all of these schools are power institutions, for lack of a better term, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Ohio State, whether, I mean, you go on, they're all state schools, et cetera, Illinois, um, Arizona to me. If you could get aligned with those schools, that's great for academics. It's great for athletics. But like you said, though, it feels like that's not really happening. And honestly, I've really become attached to the Big 12 people out there, (laughs) mainly because of how much they like sports, Jody. I mean, we had almost a thousand people on live yesterday and half of them were Big 12 people just talking about how much they wanted us. It felt it was weird because you don't feel that in Pac-12 circles. No, it feels good to be wanted. I will tell you, and you know this from from listening and just our relationship. I'm probably going to piss all of those people off today because I am not as enthusiastic about the Big 12, but I do understand the Big 12 move. But I I can't say that I'm excited about it is kind of where I'm at today. Is it is it for a nostalgia nostalgia reasons or what? What's what's Jody Ayler's drama? Okay, so here's my my most recent take. I think. The Big 12 has a much better brand than the Pac-12. Just in the last 10 years, the Big 12 brand has just mattered more than the Pac-12. The Big 12 brand is completely different if you take Oklahoma and Texas out, which is obvious to anyone that's followed college athletics. So this is basically B-team Big 12 that Mm -hmm. is, you know, trying to make it work. And Brett Yormark's done an incredible job. None of it's a knock on what he's done. But it's not like Arizona's joining the Big 12. We're joining what's left of the Big 12. And I do think in five years, you mentioned this at the top, Mike, I think there's probably just going to be more consolidation. I think right. there's just going to be another round in the next few years. And I don't think this leap to the this version of the Big 12 is going to preclude Arizona from being left out next time, from being on the outside looking in. And so then you do kind of come back to, well, if you just stay on the West Coast, and honestly, this is not financial, this is not economic, this is not business, this is just Jody Ayler's personal preference. Yeah. If you were to tell me we were playing San Diego State and New Mexico and Boise State, I would probably enjoy that more just because I know more people with more connections to those states and universities. I just don't have a lot of personal connections to the, uh, the Big 12 country. What's exciting to me, though, with the Big 12 is you and you grew up and that's why we're privileged to have you on here, because you grew up or obviously went to Tucson, U of A in a or in Phoenix right now. You know how Arizona fans are and what drives this city is basketball. And I think what's just salivating for so many different U of A fans is the opportunity to be able to play Kansas, go into a home and home with Fogg. You go to a Baylor. You go to, I mean, heck, even a lot of the smaller schools, you know, you look at a Houston that's coming in, a Cincinnati, a TCU. It's a pro or it's a it's a conference that Brett Yormark, I think, clearly took inventory of and said, you know, we're never going to catch the SEC in football. We can be solid in football. What our brand is going to be is like what the ACC was in basketball. We are going to turn this into the best basketball brand. And honestly, I think it was a pretty good idea being the hand that he was dealt. I agree. I, they have a brand, right? And their brand is going to be college basketball. The Pac-12's brand was not doing anything. So I agree 100% with that. I guess my, my counterpoint in this has nothing to do with Big 12 because I think Big 12 country just has more passion than we're used to in the Pac-12. And I think that's reflected in the media rights deal is that I love college basketball. I don't know if it's going to exist in much of a form in five years if the NBA allows high school players eventually in the next CBA. 
if Overtime Elite and the G League continue to offer six and seven figure sums. I mean, I just and honestly, it's all cyclical. What's Kansas without Bill Self? Look what happened to Duke without Mike Krzyzewski. I mean, obviously, they'll continue to be a powerhouse, but I don't know. College basketball, I think, is a risky gamble to right. bet a conference on. I really do. And see, the thing about it, though, is here's how we, we kind of ended up in this situation, though, because I believe that the Pac-12, quite frankly, misevaluated its worth right here. And across the board, and this is, to be honest with you, and this is kind of why we're in this situation, and we're going to get into, you know, Michael Crow here in a minute, but when you have when you have the Big 12, let's just revisit to uh, last summer. Brett Yormark takes inventory of, the, uh, of everything and says, we're going to open our negotiating window early. And not only does he order his, uh, open his negotiating window early – he gets uh, he gets his deal done, and then that leaves the Pac-12 without a conference, right? Or a Pac-12 without a TV deal, right there. That was just that was slime. Uh, I don't want to say chicanery, but that was you know that was a movement that, that we don't see from the Pac-12. It's a power move, and I love it. I mean, listen, how different is this conversation today if Brett Yormark is the commissioner of the Pac-12 and George Klievkov is the commissioner of the Big 12? You know, what I mean, like it's. It might be as simple as they just outflanked the Pac-12 with significantly better leadership. And that's that's why I can't clamor for the Pac-12 to stay together is because the leadership has been so bad for so long. I am eager to join a conference that's got real vision and some real balls, to be honest. Brett Yormark's got balls and he's he's willing to go out there and make deals. So I just look at it, though. I don't think the Pac-12 needed to die. I'm still grappling. I'm still grieving the end of the Pac-12. It didn't need to happen. There were five different instances where if there was any leadership, we would be looking at a Pac-12 conference that strengthened instead of a Big 12 conference. And so I I look at it, honestly, I think what was left over in the Pac-12 was the stronger bones of a conference than what was left over in the Big 12. And I just hate the fact that it's just leadership that was just awful that led us to this point. Now, I'll I'll celebrate the stability and the passion of the fans, but it kind of sucks that we're here. Yeah, and the problem, for the longest time, too, it feels like these Pac-12 presidents, again, they kind of behave themselves into this spot right here. Like with Mike, let's just use Larry Scott as an example right here. I mean, when you have presidents rubber stamping Larry Scott, who was just an atrocious commissioner, I know that he brought in the uh, Pac-12 tournament to Vegas. That's cool. Totally get that. But other than that, they were behind the curve on everything. And you get people that are rubber stamping it left and right, and it leaves you absolutely no confidence that they were going to make the right move going forward. Yeah, no, I love the fact, and even Larry Scott's signature move is to create the capital of the Pac-12 in a non-Pac-12 city. <laughs> Las, right. Vegas, Las Vegas is the epicenter of the Pac-12. There's media days, there's conference tournaments. It's not an actual Pac-12 city or footprint, but that's the only accomplishment of Larry Scott. There's no defending Larry Scott. There's no defending the pac 12 decisions. This is survival of the fittest. It makes sense. We're fortunate to have a soft landing in the Big 12. I just... I don't think the Big 12 membership is going to lead to a promising future for the Pac-12 in a grand scale. I think it means you stay alive and stay afloat for a few years. But I think college athletics is just changing for the worst for most fans, and eventually it'll come for the Big 12 like it did the Pac-12. Yeah, and let's talk about stream. Let's talk about streaming and all of this. I think the thing that really frustrates me in all this is Pac-12 presidents gave George Klievkov some pretty direct things they needed to see. It was like with Colorado when you go into media day and Colorado says, we need to see numbers. When you get the president out there that says, I'm coming to this, I need to see numbers. 
and the Pac-12 doesn't present you with those numbers. And then you get a, a Bobby Robbins that's saying, I can't have a deal. And if we could pull that quote up right there, uh, Jacob, uh, from Bobby Robbins earlier about streaming, when he talks about uh, – um, you have guys have to remember guys our age, people that I went to high school with, with uh, aren't going to want to deal with streaming. So we can't really have something over 50 percent. So when a deal is presented that's overwhelmingly streaming, you know, I know Klievkov's backed into a corner. But I mean, that's that's not reading the room right there about exactly what you <laughs> what these people are asking for. No, it's also I mean, here's the thing. We know Apple has more money than the rest of the world combined, right? <laughs> like, right. It's not a shortage. And so they just don't feel compelled to offer more money because I think I think Bobby Robbins and the whole pack remaining pack nine would have been fine with Apple if it were $40 million a year. And we're well, going to sure. pay you a premium to be on streaming and we're going to pay you a premium to take the chance of visibility. But coming in at $20 million a year, Apple clearly doesn't value the product enough to spend its gazillions of dollars on the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 can't afford to take a pay cut. So streaming, I don't know, you know, I'm 41 years old. I, I have every streaming service known to man. It still annoys me when I've got to flip between Disney Plus for my kids and Hulu for me. There's no easy way to do it. I still prefer cable and I think it's easier. So uh, if there's more visibility. There's a better platform in this deal. It makes sense. It really does. All right. Now, let me ask you this, Jody. Have you heard of the four peaks, the official, the big men of the U of A this past year? All four of them. Have you heard of these guys? I've heard a rumor about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's also the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy Four Peaks. Maybe uh, when we're talking about Umar Ballo and uh, whoever he's playing with, Matt Mulebach even got a Four Peaks (laughs) reference in on Pac-12 Network last year. That's how big the Peaks movement is, Jody Ayler. Nice. Well, we got to invite some new Peaks. Dude, we got some new peaks coming in here for sure, for sure. Um, let's talk about Michael Crow and all of this. I get Michael Crow's done a good job for sure as far as academically. He's done a lot of stuff. He's brought in money. I get that. My whole thing that I've never understood, though, is, and again, I get it's an academic institution. Totally understand that. But if you're a president that doesn't really value sports or just kind of tolerates it, um, and again, if we could pull up that quote right there, Jacob, from Michael Crow, I think this is the other uh, one that will still always kind of catch me. Uh, Crow was an ardent supporter of former Pac-12 commissioner Larry Scott and spoke highly of the future of the conference. Um, by my standard, we're on track. We're doing everything well. We're making progress and we're positioning ourselves for greatness going forward. Uh, would somebody be writing three years, from, four years from now? How did the Pac get ahead of us? That to me is just not understanding anything about athletics whatsoever, Jody. Yeah, I mean, disconnect is obviously the right word about the academic success and, and accomplishments of Michael Crow and the athletic. Um, I, I'm going to defend Michael Crow for just a second here. Yeah, go ahead. Popular thing. I think Arizona State and Michael Crow have every right to slow play this and and slow down and pump the brakes and assess their options before they just jump into something. As we saw with Oregon, sometimes leverage pops up in the weirdest places. And right. when you're in a position where you only get to make this decision once in the next few years, take your time. Maybe maybe Apple would come with a bigger deal. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the Mountain West. I mean, I think about this from a U of A or ASU perspective. Is there value in being the top dog in a smaller conference? And if I'm Arizona State, I mean, the answer, the obvious answer is no. You want the money of the Big 12. But to me, I wouldn't mind just slowing down and considering it. The difference is, Arizona's been considering this for a year, doing the methodical groundwork, 
that that every university in Pac-12 should have been doing. ASU's playing catch-up, but I think they should slow play it. I don't think ASU has to rush in anything right now. Are you uh, – let me ask you this. What if it comes to the toy? Because Arizona, it's now been reported, has formally requested, obviously, an invite to the Big 12. Arizona State and Utah have not. What would that mean for Arizona State, theoretically, if one was to stay in the Pac-12 and then one was to go to the Big 12? Um. I think it would be a really interesting experiment, right? I think it would be a really interesting experiment that I would bet heavily on Arizona winning because I think one of the biggest advantages of staying in the Big 12, if we're just talking competitively, is you're more likely to keep a Jed Fish around. If Jed Fish wins eight games this year, he's going to stick around U of A knowing that there's a Big 12 that uh, around him. Unless, obviously, you know, Tennessee comes calling or something. but. Uh, Kenny Dillingham could win seven games this year and be the most sought-after coach in America. I have absolutely no reason to stick with ASU. So, to me, I think Arizona State kind of taking their time. They they can't take too much time. I don't have a big problem if they're in separate conferences. We see that with a couple of state schools. It works Florida, Florida State, Iowa, Iowa State. There's a couple of other examples. I think they could make it work. I think we're, we would still play ASU on a regular basis, but um, – it would be kind of fun for the rivalry to see who was more right in the long run, right? I, I think uh, I think what's fascinating with all of this, too, is how Bobby Robbins has played this. And Bobby Robbins has be- been beat up a lot for, you know, he's the president that's front row at games. And I've always said during this that, you know, even though that might rub some people the wrong way, I love it mainly because he understands the impact of sports here. This is going to be interesting to see how this plays out, though, because he's also an academic and people need to remember that. And I'm not saying that as a pejorative at all. This is a man that, you know, um, has been bandied about as a possible candidate to be the Stanford uh, president or chancellor at some point. Um, He's not looking to burn bridges with academic sorts that he doesn't need to. How this has played out now is that now the Northwest schools have already left. So you've lost, have already lost the LA schools. You lost the Northwest schools. If Arizona goes to the Big 12 now, there's not going to be one person that's going to be blaming Bobby Robbins for the breakup or the total disintegration of the conference. So I think he's actually played this very well from a strategic perspective, uh, Jody. 1,000, 1,000%. I mean, even the way he was positioning himself late until yesterday is like, I think Arizona would have stayed in the Pac-12 if Apple would have sweetened the deal and Oregon and Washington wanted to stay. I think they would have been open-minded to that because I think Bobby Robbins was keeping all of his options open at all the time. I can say this as an Arizona alum. We might have joked about this before, Mike, but like uh, I got a degree in communications from the University of Arizona. Yep. It did not open any doors for me because of the academic prowess of the 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 A on my diploma. You know what I mean? Like We back the A, but the A only takes you so far academically. Right. It's, I mean, great business school. Obviously, you, you, you are what you make of your degree, but it's not like a degree of Stanford or Northwestern or even UCLA where there's a certain gravitas to the weight of that. And so I hate pretending that Arizona's got to maintain some academic ties to other institutions because, like, Arizona's a great school. I don't care who its you know, yeah. neighbors are academically. It's a, it's a great school. Speaking of your time at the U of A, did you ever go to a legal Pete's rate, uh, uh, Jody? I've been. I've been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Well, here's the deal. Legal Pete's is your go-to spot this summer. All kinds of great deals. Kick back and enjoy an ice-cold margarita. Maybe listen to 910 The Drive if, you know, from 6 to 10. If you're getting there, you're a little bit of a morning drinker, perhaps, or get some great food. And again, check it out. Don't forget to follow Illegal Pete's on Instagram to stay updated on all their big events and deals going down this summer. Stay tuned on their their, uh, Instagram stories. For free tickets to the concerts you are dying to see, Illegal Pete's is here to make your life easier, just like it made Jody Ayler's life easier. If you're drinking when I'm live on the air, you better be at the airport. You better be. That's the only, I think, the socially accepted 9 a.m. beer. What about the buffet? Uh, Have you had a beer at the buffet at 9 a.m.? No, I have not, but I live in that area, and I've driven by many times, and there's a lot of people on motorcycles outside drinking there, Jody. So I'm I'm a... yeah, I, listen, right. more power to them. I, I don't think I would be employed if I could do that. <laughs> All right. Let's talk now about the academic the academic part of this, because you hit the nail on the head right here. You and I disagree a little bit here. I'm more, uh, uh, I guess, pro uh, Big 12. You're more for it staying together. But I think we both kind of see the other person's uh, angle. But, Jody, you and I both graduated with, uh, do you say journalism degree on your part? I'm a comm. I'm a communications major. All right. You're slightly above me then because mine's merely journalism. But I will uh, – I will. Arizona going to the Big 12 does not change that for me at all because at the end of the day, it just says that Michael Luke graduated from the University of Arizona with a major in uh, journalism and a minor in history. Um, it doesn't say that you're aligned with Stanford. It doesn't say that, you know, your president uh, uh, hangs out with the Cal president. I don't view an Arizona degree – as being different in the Big 12 as the Pac-12. Now, you could maybe make that case if you're a really elite academic institution, but I don't think that necessarily applies to Arizona, Jody. No, I uh, pardon my French. That's that's all bullshit. I mean, right. listen, I, I literally took at the University of Arizona a 300-level upper division elective class that counted towards my degree where I played the recorder and learned do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. It was an education class. It was a music class. It was 300-level I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody with my nose in the air that they're <laughs> right. good for the Big 12 or it's too good academically. I mean, I took a class called Eroticism and Love in the Middle Ages. I took a class called Nutrition, Food, and You, which was literally learning about the food groups and what you should eat. And, right. You know, I mean, it, 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 the, your educational experience is what you make. And I also know people that went to medical school at U of A and are incredible in their medical profession or went to the business school and are running companies right now. It, it has nothing to do with conference affiliation. Right. It, it really doesn't. And I think and ASU is the same way. Again, like Arizona and Arizona State fans like to give each other, you know, uh, garbage about Arizona and ASU and the degrees. It's essentially the same. There's different departments like, you know, Eller is going to be better than the business school at ASU. Cronkite's going to be the better one than the one that I went to at Arizona. That's just the way it is. It doesn't bring anything down in that regard. Like and I'm just saying generically, is Arizona uh, Arizona degree any different than a Kansas degree? I mean, no. Right. No, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about Arizona reminds me a little bit about a little bit of Kansas in this regard and what you're going through. And I've had a couple of people reach out to me about this. The first thing is, obviously, it's a rabid fan base there for Kansas basketball. Football's there. You want football to be good. You're going to show if it's good. But at the same time, basketball's what, basketball is really what runs that entire community. There, to me, is an excitement level about being, and I sound like an academic right here, but there's an excitement level to me about being tethered together with Kansas, to be quite frankly. 
Yeah, it's it's I, like I love the idea of Arizona and Kansas playing each other regularly in basketball. I do. Who who could not love that? But at the same time, that could have been accomplished in non-conference play, sure. right? I don't. I, it's not like they had to. The the other part of that trip is you got to go to Kansas State the same trip, and then you're going to go to some other, you know, Iowa State. I'd rather play Oregon and Cal or Stanford because I have history with that. But Kansas is one of those schools that I feel like it's just going to be iron sharpens iron, and it's going to be there's going to be a real competitive tension between those two programs that I think helps keep them in the upper echelon Kansas you know Mike when you and I were growing up and I'm a little older than you but Mm -hmm. Roy Williams and Lute Olsen were close yeah and Roy Williams in Kansas was a great program but I think Arizona and Lute Olsen at their peak was a better program than Kansas at that time and then oh I mean obviously one of the one seeds that Arizona beat on the way to the national championship and then ultimately over the last 10, 15 years, Kansas has become probably number one or number two in college basketball in terms of just success recruiting all aspects of it. So I love it. I also say, and Mike, you're going to get tired of me saying this, um, UCLA and Arizona was an incredible college basketball rivalry. So not, let's not forget that Arizona and UCLA for 25 plus years was one of the great college basketball rivalries in the country, period. You know what's weird for me with UCLA? Growing up, you would always watch it, especially they'd be on Saturdays. Billy Packer would generally be on the call right there. What happened to the UCLA fan base? Because I'll be honest with you, I remember the 90s where UCLA, those games were loaded in Pauley Pavilion. There were times when Arizona's gone there in the last few years and it looked like it looked like there were 20 or 20,000. It looked like there were 2,000 people there. Something happened there, and I don't know what it is. Totally off topic. Well, still curious. Yeah, I, I think they just went through some of those downtime. I mean, co- college basketball is just radically different now than it was 10 years ago, and I don't think UCLA fans had the uh, – endurance to keep up and so they just kind of fell by the wayside yeah i think that's probably i think there's a good uh, i think there's a good point to that um now what is if you're let me ask you this you you brunch you mentioned this earlier brett yormark's running the pac-12 and the presidents had given him full right to be able to do everything all the maneuvering get us the best deal are we at a total kind of a 180 position right here Yes. Here's here's the alternate reality. All right. So this is what I think. Brett Yormark was hired at the same time as George Klyevkov. I think San Diego State, Boise State, Gonzaga basketball, and any other, and, and probably SMU, because there is some real value to just dipping into Texas. I think those four schools in some form are a part of the Pac-12, and you've got a better basketball conference. You've got a football conference that added a Boise State program that's probably as good or has been in the past as any non-Oregon, Washington, Utah, uh, TCU, Baylor program of the two conferences. So I think Brett Yormark would have been aggressive. I think it would have got deals done. And I think they'd probably be looking at a media rights package that may not be $32 million a year because, you know, the, the unwritten thing or the unspoken thing, Mike, that nobody wants to talk about is – the reason we're in this position as a conference is because our collective passion for college athletics in the Pac-12 is not as strong as almost every other conference. And right. that doesn't mean we're bad fans. It doesn't mean that you're a bad fan, I'm a bad fan, anyone watching is a bad fan. It's just true that we don't show up in the same ways for any game in any year the same way other conferences do. So I'm not sure Brett Yormark would have fixed that. You can talk to Greg Byrne, who – tried for you know however long to turn arizona into a football factory that it's there there is an intrinsic obstacle to achieving high level college football success in the pac-12 
that doesn't exist elsewhere. But I do think Brett Yormark as commissioner, it would be alive and well. It would be stronger in basketball and football. And there would be a future where Arizona, Oregon, Washington, and, and the rest are still in the same conference. All right. I want to talk about that in a second. But first, Shady Rays. You look at Jody Ayler and you think, cool. You think a guy that plays basketball. You think awesome red hair. You think 9'10". All of that stuff. You know what you should also think about? Jody Ayler and Shady Rays would look absolutely amazing. Here's the deal. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code word PHNX for 50% off two pairs of polarized, not polarizing sunglasses there, Jody Ayler. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by everyone. Okay, now... The uh, I don't believe that there is anything at this stage that Oregon or Oregon and Washington. We got to talk about that again, because you're being offered you're being offered a golden parachute to the Big Ten. You're not going to get the 70 million dollars. But like we talked about, you get the ultimate stability right here. And I believe that they were always probably this was always going to happen. But I think, like you said, there's a lot of negotiations through the media and you say, all right, we need to get this thing moving. It gets leaked to a couple people. This meeting happens. All of a sudden, it doesn't go well with Oregon and Washington, and they're in the Big Ten a couple hours later. i got to give them a lot of credit for how they played this one because they actually got what they wanted out of this. They did, and it's out of necessity. I, I saw these numbers before, and I think this, again, is how the sausage gets made in college athletics that doesn't get talked about in a public way because it's boring. But there was – and I'm going to get the exact numbers a little bit wrong, but – Currently, UW Washington is paying something like eight or nine million dollars in debt service for all of the money they've already spent that they don't have. Right. In two years, that's going to go up to 16 or 17 million dollars per year. College athletics for the last 20 years was basically a glorified Ponzi scheme where people were promised exactly. amounts of money. And so they spent that money that they didn't have and they were just counting on it coming in when they needed it. That all obviously has changed radically in the last five years. So Washington, I'm sure Washington would have preferred to stay in the Pac-12, but they can't take a pay cut. They can't take less because then people lose their jobs. They default on debt. The entire institution suffers. And so they had to do this out of a financial necessity where they took a job that paid more money because they had a bigger credit card bill. And sometimes that's what you got to do. And, you know, and that, and that's like you said, that's that's where it is. Washington is also fascinating to me in all this, because, by the way, oh, we got one of these super chat things for not we got Jody. All of uh, the all of the listeners are much richer than I am. Nine ninety nine right there. Kansas fans are pumped to have U of A in the conference as well. Tell Walton to stay away from the hotel vending machine next time. <laughs> um, when it comes to uh, Arizona, though, you're right about football. A big part of that is is because, I mean, you've lived this and I've lived this, is that every time Arizona looks like it's going to turn that corner 94 with the desert swarm after beating Miami they come back the next year and they're eight and four and then seven and five 98 you're on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated you get absolutely smacked by Penn State we don't hear from you again um, then you've obviously had the McAvick and Sumlin eras with basketball though that to me is where it really is kind of a natural fit in the Big 12 and I get your point but I mean at the same time Arizona fans care so much about basketball and we see all these comments here it's going to be fascinating going into opposing gyms that are going to have more more than 3,000 people in it as well. Yeah, 100%. Listen, Arizona basketball is one of the great brands, great fan bases in all of college sports. Uh, you'll never hear me say anything negative about U of A basketball fans because they're loud. We take over arenas. We take over neutral sites in tournaments, in March Madness, in conference tournaments. But I think the reality is I 
and Mike, this is a totally different box. I don't think college basketball is going to exist in its current form in five years. I just don't. I don't think college basketball is a sustainable product for any athletic department or any university to be base their business decisions off of. It's already declined at an incredible pace in the last decade. And I think that's going to accelerate as we see more money pumped into minor league basketball. I think college basketball is going to really suffer. I really do. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why I think it's also super important to be, you know, th- to have that football buttress for lack of a better term there. The thing about it, when you look at it with the, from a big 12 perspective, and again, I don't want to make this out like it's the sec because it's, it's clearly not, but you've already, you got TCU, which was in the national title game last year, by the way, did you know that TCU has finished in the top 10 eight times in the last 20 years i had no clue gary patterson was the real deal there man he really was baylor's had three top 12 finishes in the past uh, 12 years as well if you add utah which i still think at the end of the day they probably come kicking and screaming that's a top 15 program uh you've got uh okay state you got kansas state it's good enough to get by in my opinion certainly as opposed to being something that you just don't really have a sustainable product to me no, I agree. I mean, the Baylor thing's impressive because they've done it under three different head coaches. They did it under Arp Riles, Matt Rule, and now Dave Aranda. And it's right. like, man, that's, that's In Waco. success. In Waco. And, you know, I, you're going to get an automatic bid to the college football playoff. So I think that's the only thing that matters. I think as long as you've got that carrot you can dangle to recruit some players, I think that matters. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad football. But I think what the college football landscape will look like in five years is the NFL. Guess what Amazon did when they landed Thursday Night Football? They immediately complained about the quality of the games. They don't right. want just any NFL game. They want <laughs> you can't the give them NFL the Jags game. and the Panthers. Right. Right. So um, inevitably what's going to happen with all of these media companies that are now running college football and college athletics is they're going to say, we basically want a version of Ohio State, Michigan, or some reasonable facsimile every window, every Saturday, and we've got enough teams across the country to make it work. We don't care about history. We don't care about tradition. We don't care about rivalries. We care about the people that care most about that one team following them where they go. So that's where I worry a little bit about UVA's long-term future. But, you know, it, that's that maybe, you know, God knows what's going to happen what, in the next five months, let alone five years. Let's talk about streaming here. Do you think that um, – I think the Big 12 kind of – or the Big 12, excuse me, the Pac-12, I think they kind of overvalued streaming to a certain extent, and here's what I mean. Streaming is the wave of the future, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Within five to seven years, that is going to be the wave of the future. But that future, to me, isn't quite yet. Yes, you can have your tertiary games right there, but if everything is on Apple TV, there's a reason that these major, major conferences, the SEC, the Big Ten, didn't want to go this route as a majority streaming service because it's just not quite there yet, in my opinion. No, I agree. It's not there yet. I mean, I thought it would have been more interesting had they just put their games on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. Right. Like, I mean, I you probably reach more people, more visibility, more buzz that way because sports Twitter is still the place that people go in conjunction with watching the game on t- cable TV. Like, you've got your phone or your laptop and you're watching it on TV and you're reacting in real time. Streaming would have just buried them, uh, you know, further than they already are. I don't have Apple TV. I asked a bunch of my U of A alum friends, Mike, how much would you be willing to pay to watch every Arizona football and basketball game? And most people are like, I don't know, 10, 15 bucks maybe. But there were some people like, I'm not paying anything extra. I already pay enough for all these services. And I just don't think the Apple streaming deal would have worked because I don't think they would have gotten anywhere near the kind of signups that they would have wanted. 
Oh, and, and keep in mind, too, that Larry Scott sold a lot of people on a subscription-based service. You know, you start getting more money as it goes on, as it goes on, and it never really happened. This was more by a lot of the reporting that went on in this meeting. There was a flat rate that wasn't going to equal the Big 12. But at the same time, though, he would say, well, you know, if we get more Apple subscriptions, that's hard when you're an athletic department and you're having to budget year in and year out what your expenses are. And you can't really quite pinpoint what your money is going to be at the same point. No, and the human cost of it, I think about a lot because I worked in, you know, as the PA announcer for U of A sports for a decade and Mm -hmm. worked inside the athletic department. And like, if you're going to chop $12 million off your budget, it ain't coming from coaches' salaries. It's not for, coming. It's not. It's sure. not coming from the facilities and amenities that you need. It would come from people's jobs, people's mm-hmm. livelihoods, and that sucks. That through no fault of their own, you could have seen a bunch of people lose their job in athletic departments, like could happen at Washington State and Oregon State because of decisions that were totally out of their control. So, it, I mean, it sounds like a political stump speech, but. Going to the Big 12 is literally going to save people's jobs in Tucson, in Phoenix, and and around the athletic department. And Arizona can always say, we didn't, you know, uh, this move was forced upon us. And, you know, like we talked about, Robbins won't be the one that's going to be considered for breaking up the conference. All right, we've got a couple minutes left with Jody. But first, I want to get Jody's take on what he sees happening in the future. But first, Saturday Neon. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code word PHNX for 10% off your order. During when I'm at my house, I've got a really big A behind me, Jody. It makes me look much cooler than I actually am because I am not cool. So anything that can make me look cool, I'm going to put behind me. That's where Saturday Neon helped me out right there with the cool Arizona A right there. So check it out. All right, what's your take? You're in Phoenix right now. What's the temperature on Michael Crow? What's the temperature on ASU and what uh, you see happening here or unfolding? It reminds me a lot of kind of the resignation that Arizona football fans have, which is you just sort of expect the worst outcome because that's what Michael Crow has largely delivered from an athletic department performance for a while. No, Ray Anderson still got a job. I mean, through the Herm Edwards debacle. Now, Herm won probably more games than people expected, but it ended in dramatically bad fashion. I think Kenny Dillingham's a very good hire. I think that's a very good start for ASU football, but I think there's a lot of just like, are you bleeping kidding me? I it's it is, I mean, really, when you lay it out, if you strip the emotion out of this, like I, I get nostalgic, I get worked up because I think the Pac-12 is a brand to be proud of. I think the Pac-12, I spent a lot of time in my life oh, yeah. championing the Pac-12 as better than people think, not worse than people think. If you strip emotion away out of that right now, there's really no choice that needs to be made. You join the Big 12, you take the guaranteed $32 million in relevancy on Fox and the other platforms it offers, and you swallow your pride. I don't know that there is a mouth big enough on planet Earth to swallow the pride of Michael Crow's ego. So I don't, unless he can unhinge his jaw like one of those weird fish that lives at the bottom of the ocean, I don't think Michael Crow is going to swallow his pride. And I think that's the fear is brilliant man, brilliant leader for ASU at large. But when it comes to athletics, there's a fear that they're going to choose the worst option possible. And, um, I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I think the coaching staffs and the athletic administrators will ultimately have the final say at ASU. I think Michael Crow just wants his moment of power. 
Yeah, and that kind of feels the way it is to me. And you got to remember from his perspective, Bobby Robbins comes in. Bobby Robbins is about 15 years his junior when it comes to being a school president in the state. Robbins is getting so much credit, getting so many people looking at this. And, um, you know, at the same time, Crow, like you said, Crow has an ego. I and mean, when anybody that gets to that level, you're going to most likely have an ego. I think that needs to probably be a wet a little bit there. Um, all right, Jody, like I said, I'm going to go for a little bit longer. I got some more reads, but I can't thank you enough for hopping on here, man. You were the first one I thought about when this all came through and uh, really appreciate you as always, my guy. You're the man, Mike. I appreciate a great job leading the story from the front, my friend. All right. That's the great Jody Ader. Listen to him. Nine, 10 Phoenix, uh, six to 10. Appreciate you. All right. We got, all right, now I'm going to get some of my opinions in here. Big thanks to Jody Ayler right here. By the way, Jacob Franklin, I only have two reads. I have OGs and I have Factor. Uh, all right. Now, you might look at me and say, Mike Luke, how in the world does Mike Luke stay in shape? Because he doesn't look like he has any genetic prowess whatsoever. Well, you know what? Factor Meal Kits is here to help me. Here's what it is. Head to factormealkits.com slash Code word PHNX or PHNX Wildcats 50 and check it out. All kinds of great stuff. And again, if you insert the show code to get 50% off, again, PHNX Wildcats 50, you can get 50% off. Again, that's insert. That's PHNX Wildcats 50 at factormealkits.com. Again, I'm up here. I'm up here in Tahoe, and this has been getting me through. I'm going to be heading back to Tucson later today, which means that there will be news that's going to break. Um, but again, check it out. Factor Meal Kits. They're ready for you. They look good and they taste good. And keep in mind, too, there's a protein level to it and a nutrition level to it that is next level. The great Jacob Franklin grew to be six foot eight and is able to maintain his stable frame by Factor Meal Kits. Check it out. Factor Meal Kits right there. OK, now. Um, everybody on here, Greg Swain, by the way, thanks for hopping in here. I don't know why you blocked me. I never said anything bad about you. Um, but, uh, this is, this is good news. This is just good all the way around for Arizona, how this has played out because honestly, Arizona knew that, um, and I was told pretty early on in all of this. And again, I don't get a ton of sources, but I had a pretty good source on this one that told me that the money and the visibility for Arizona was never going to be there after, especially after the Big 12 jumped them. And uh, Brett Yormark opened up that negotiating window right there. It was never going to be there. This was always going to happen in some way, shape, or form. And we got to give, again, you got to give Bobby Robbins a lot of credit. I'm with you, like Bear Down 520 on there. I'm totally with you. I uh, I wish this was done yesterday, but we also don't live in the world of academics where Bobby Robbins does. Uh, um, Bobby Robbins doesn't want anything to, um, you know, to harm his place in the academic community, especially when he's possibly looking at being the Stanford uh, next uh, chancellor right there. So I get all that. You also got to get Michael Crow on board. And like we just talked about, you got a little bit of an ego right there with Michael Crow that he's got to be able to exercise as well, uh, show a little bit. But I'm also at the point, too, where, and, you know, we talked about Arizona doesn't technically need ASU to go with them to the Big 12. And Bobby Robbins has made that point clear multiple times that they can. He believes he can act on his own. This is them giving every opportunity for ASU to come with them, I would prefer ASU doesn't. Again, ASU is a big reason that we're in this situation to begin with. I have no problem leaving ASU by the curbside right there, and they can be the academic. Uh, they can be the academic giant in uh, 
the Mountain West or wherever they want to be right there. Uh, at Iron Mike Luke, to answer your question right there, uh, Greg. But again, everybody out there, this is absolutely fantastic news. Again, you also got to be careful about what you, who you're watching, who you're uh, being, uh, who's reporting what, because keep in mind, this was a... Um, this was not a this was a concerted effort by Oregon and Washington. Again, I woke up this morning to about 10,000 texts saying, what the heck is this? What's going on right here? And it was all based off Oregon and Washington are close to consummating a deal right here. And uh, that was never happening. The only reason they were doing that was to get some negotiating, co- uh, um, which worked. Because you don't go in there. And by the way, Sheer will be back here on. Sheer might be on here tomorrow, uh, tonight as well. Um, when this all, when if this all breaks, Mr. Burns' fingers right there, or tomorrow, whenever, whenever this does happen. But this is uh, this is good stuff. Like I said, and um, we appreciate all of you uh, staying here with the uh, AZ Wildcats podcast because there's all kinds of stuff. Um, by the way, Jacob Franklin, hop in here, Jacob Franklin. Come on, you're sticking up for yourself. This is big news. I'm adding Jacob Franklin to the live stream as we speak. Watch this. Jacob Franklin cannot – this is Jacob Franklin right here. He graduated from uh, Arizona State. Jacob Franklin, you want to go to the Big 12. This is correct. This is correct. Pretty much everybody, it seems like, minus the president, would like to go to the Big 12. So why do you support the president? I don't. Okay. This is, in actuality, ASU. I feel bad for the ASU fans if they actually get stuck behind. Well, actually, I really don't, but I would feel bad for Jacob Franklin and the folks there at PHNX. All right, Jacob, I just wanted to show that you actually exist because I've had a few people that said we keep hearing about this Jacob Franklin. Um, but uh, thumbs up. Yes. Thank you, Jacob Franklin. But again, this is why this is why you're happy that Bobby Robbins is running this show and um, if Ann Hart Weaver was running this, and this is no disrespect to her, this would be a uh, – I would have no faith in any of this whatsoever. But right now, everything looking very, very good for Arizona. Like I said, not over yet. We got to get the signatures there. But after we get the signatures in, we will be good. Everybody on there really appreciate you. Oh, by the way, OGs, let's say you're like me right now and you're a little bit stressed during all of this. Uh, OGs is here for you. Don't miss it when it comes to flavor and effect. Get your pink lemonade gummies um, while you can. Check out OGs online at OGsBrands.com and on Instagram at OGsBrands. You can find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Everybody out there has OGs. Check it out. Keck, you need some some OGs as well because you are in denial about ASU. ASU brings nothing to the table, and that's why I'm okay with making fun of them, even though – they gave us Jacob Franklin. By the way, Ryan Ryan Hansen, the great Rhino. Hello, Rhino. I would love to get Rhino on sometime uh, to talk about all of this when it's done. But as always, back the A out here. Um, back the A. Bobby Robbins. And again, this is why it's a privilege to be a University of Arizona Wildcats fan, um, because we have a community that cares about athletics And I think it's a very nice fit in the Big 12. I think that uh, the fan bases are fantastic. I appreciate all of you. To be honest with you, Monday, or we'll be on before then, I've started doing a lot of research about uh, Big 12 schools. That's how I knew that fun little TCU stat right there. But again, it's not done. we got to get it signed. But things are looking very, very good right now. Um, To everybody out there, really appreciate you. Got up to 740 lives today. If it gets announced tonight, we'll be back with you. I will be in Vegas because I'm driving home right now, but um, not to Vegas, but uh, that's my stopover. So we will keep you in the loop. 
And uh, not only keep you in the loop, we will uh, we'll be going live as many times as we need to. But again, appreciate all of you. Big 12 fans, you guys are awesome. Arizona fans, back the A. Even the ASU fans that are in here, we'll, we still tolerate you. I'll be back with you later. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.